Welcome to the Houndsfield Unit Podcast, a radiology podcast where we shed a light into the reading room and beyond. I'm Corey Benjamin, a fourth-year medical student at the University of Virginia. This episode will focus on the residency application process for diagnostic radiology. We plan on doing a future episode that will shed more light on the process for those applying to interventional radiology. Our guest today will be Dr. Juliana Bueno. Dr. Bueno is an associate professor in diagnostic radiology and associate program director of the Diagnostic Radiology Residency Program here at the University of Virginia. She received her radiology specialty degree in 2011 in her home country of Colombia and came back to UVA after completing a clinical fellowship in cardiothoracic imaging at Duke University. She is deeply involved with teaching medical students and residents, as well as exploring ways to increase diversity and inclusion in radiology. This conversation we had with her was great, and it's jam-packed with lots of great tidbits about applying to diagnostic radiology. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Juliana Bueno. Enjoy. Good afternoon, I guess, <laughs> Dr. Bueno. Hi, Corey. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for, thank you for stopping by and speaking with us. So the first question I wanted to ask you, and I'll be asking all of our guests this question, is what was your path to, to radiology? And I know you have a pretty interesting path, so I, I'd like it if you, could, if you could tell the audience how you ended up in radiology. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um, yeah, my path is different because I am from Colombia, South America. I am, Our medical school system is pretty similar to the States. Uh, it's a year longer. I went into radiology. Actually, I always wanted to be a surgeon until I was in my internship year. I did my rotations in surgery. I thought I was going to be a a surgeon until I rotated in radiology when I was an intern. And then I realized that, um, you know, what most people who go into radiology realize is that um, we we have, it's easy for us to understand images that you actually have um, that capacity to, to see beyond what's happening through the image. And I really like that. And I realized that I wanted to be a radiologist. Um, the pathway, it's, um, I did my radiology residency in Colombia. Uh, it's a four-year residency program. I started looking for a fellowship when I was a second year, and that's when I decided to come to the States. I did my cardiothoracic imaging uh, fellowship here in the States and then decided to stay. Um, but, but, but the pathway was similar in a way. Well, thank you for, for sharing your story, Dr. Bueno. It seems like there are a lot of similarities to what students in the U.S. might um, experience, but also that you've had a lot of unique things in your in your training and in your path that led you here, and it's, it's great to hear about that. I'll start now by asking you the first question. That question is sort of broad, so feel free to take it in whatever direction you feel is most conducive to getting a good answer, but uh, the question is, what sort of factors do residency programs, specifically diagnostic radiology programs, look for in an applicant? And of course, there's the things we think about, like step one scores and and things like that. But what other factors play into getting into radiology? Yeah, getting into radiology and some things that students may not consider Mm -hmm. when when first sort of uh, thinking about the process. Yeah. Um, So yeah, as you said, it's a broad you know, question and answer. I think if you think of the application process in different stages, all those factors are going to have different importance. Um, From the program side, we get 
hundreds of applications. So that's when the scores actually become important. If you're trying to invite, say, um, 150 applicants, but you have to choose those applicants from a pool of 800 applicants approximately, which is what we usually get here at UVA per year, of course, we have to put importance into, you know, factors that are much more objective, such as the scores, meaning we have to have an objective way to trim that number. And of course, the scores not always reflect the type of applicant that you are, but most programs use a minimal score for step one in order to decrease that number of applications and kind of like create the, the, the first cut. Um, so that's when the step one specifically becomes uh, or, or has more importance. Uh, in a way, you are going to be measured by that in order to be selected for the for for an interview. Um, once we are in the selection process, which would be the second stage, where you know you go to your interview, you're able to assess the program, and that's when we actually can assess the applicant as a whole. Um, we get the personal statement, we get you know the step two score if you have the step three score, but we also are able to see um, how that applicant performed during the medical school years and that's where the the summary of your performance as a medical student becomes important i as a program um as part of the program directors i would like to see that there's consistency in your grades it doesn't really matter to me personally how many rotations you did in radiology but i do want to make sure that you know what the field is and that you have been consistently a, a decent student um and and that's shown by your your um summary of your uh, medical school um, uh, grades. Um, the personal statement, I think, is one of the you know most stressful things for people to 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 write. It's really it puts you in a really vulnerable position. You you want to write something that's personal, but that you're comfortable with when someone else is uh, reading it. Um, so we. We do put importance of it. I think it's a good opportunity to stand out uh, from the crowd uh, and make your application personal in a way. Um, tell the story that is not reflected in your CV. Um, say something about yourself that we're not able to get through reading your by reading your your personal um, your your CV. So as stressful as it is, I would say that it's important uh, in a way because it, it, it gives you the opportunity to explain why your pathway to radiology was different or if you are a you know, second-time applicant, why did that happen? If you actually apply to a different specialty before, why are you deciding to, to switch to radiology? So any personal situation can be explained through the personal statement, and that's when it becomes important. It really gives us the opportunity to 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 find answers uh, on something that is not as clear uh, as the as the CV. Um, of course, clinical grades. Everyone wants an applicant and a resident who has done well. So um, it, it's kind of important. I think if you know radiology being a competitive specialty, it, it's going to be important um, to have good good grades along your your career. Um, letters of recommendation. A lot of people ask, you know, do I have to have three letters of recommendations, all of them from radiologists? And and, and the reality is that no, uh, a lot of us, and including, you know, like me, um, we didn't rotate in radiology enough to actually get a good letter of recommendation. But it doesn't mean that 
that you need to have that coming from a radiology. Me, as an interviewer, I really want to see if the person who's writing the letter was able to get a good exposure to your skills. So it can be a letter that comes from um, internal medicine or your clerkship on something different, but if it reflects the type of applicant and the type of student that you are, that's that's going to be enough. Um, so many applicants want to have... Um, letters from the chairs. And I actually think it's a bad idea if you haven't had enough exposure or you haven't had, you know, the opportunity to work close to that person. It can be a, it can be a very famous person. He can, you know, have a good title, but it doesn't mean that he's going to create a letter of recommendation that is significant and meaningful and that reflects who you are uh, as an applicant. So it's better to have a really good letter from someone who's an assistant professor uh, or a clinical instructor, but has been able to attest and like give, you know, uh, a, a good letter of reference rather than a generic letter from a chair. Um, so I would say that if you have one or two letters from uh, from uh, radiologists, that's great. If you have none, that's great too, as long as your letters come from someone who knows the type of student and the type of applicant that you are. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, <laughs> thank you so much for that answer. That was, wow. Yeah, I think you've shed a lot of light on what can be a scary process for everyone, especially fourth years who are doing it for the first time, who read the internet and don't quite know what's right and what's wrong and how many letters do you need and when should you do radiology, things like that. And it really seems like your answer really helps shape the picture and, and make it clear that while step one is important, obviously, to sort after that, there are a lot of things that, that play a role in deciding who gets an interview. And then from that point, who actually uh, gets ranked higher or lower. Mm -hmm. And I think that gives a lot of people, it should be hopeful because if you feel like you didn't do as well as you wanted to on step one, that doesn't mean the process is over for you. There's a lot of ways for you to make up ground on your peers and actually show that, yes, you are right for this field and this specialty in this program. Exactly. So that makes me really happy to hear. Yeah. And one thing that I would add is, you know, it's it, it's going to change from institution to institution what they consider important during the, uh, among those factors. Um, but that may be a good thing according to the program that you want to get into. Uh, at UVA, we definitely you know, want to make sure that we get someone who has been a good student, who we know it's going to be able to handle the information, keep up the pace. But we also emphasize trying to get someone who is a good person. And we give a lot of importance to those personal experiences that, that the applicant has had. So it, it's a balance and it changes, uh, you know, among programs. But um, but that's part of the process uh, for you as an applicant. Um, how do you choose that program that has that balance that you can you can handle and and, and that's going to be supportive of your interests? Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, now that we're talking about programs and how programs maybe are the same and different, I wanted to uh, first I'll just quickly actually touch on asking aways versus no aways in diagnostic radiology. Do you feel like that's that's a big, a big, a big deal in the field. And is that something that you look for in an applicant? 
Yeah, uh, it's an important question because a lot of people put, you know, emphasis on on doing an away rotation. I think in diagnostic radiology um, is very different than uh, interventional radiology. For interventional radiology, it seems to have much more importance. Uh, and I think Dr. Wilkins is going to be someone who is going to give you a good answer uh, regarding that. In diagnostic radiology, we we don't have. Um, we don't personally we we don't put a lot of uh, importance on the o wave rotation. I think it's more important to see how much exposure to radiology the applicant had. Regardless, the o wave rotation in diagnostic radiology has can be useful. For example, if you want to go to a specific area of the country where it's far away, or but your family's there, so you really want to make sure that they know you, that they know that you come from the other coast, for example, and 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 you want to put that face to that application. That that that's important. Um, one thing that I would say is that it's hard to get, most people think of the OA rotation um, as a way to get a good letter of recommendation. But unfortunately, when it can happen in IR if it's an active, like an active hands-on rotation. In diagnostic radiology, it's really not that easy to have an active rotation. Most of the rotations, unfortunately, are going to be very, you know, based on observation. And unless you really work closely with a faculty member during that rotation who can give you a good letter of recommendation, it's, it's going to be really hard for you to get a good letter of recommendation or a meaningful one after doing just an observership. So I think the, the importance of that away rotation in both subspecialties is, is, um, is different. In diagnostic, it, it depends. Like very, very specific situations, you're going to be able to make it successful and, and actually have something, have a good outcome after that. Not, not discouraging from taking it, but knowing that if you take it, don't expect a good letter of recommendation unless you have done significant and meaningful work with someone during that time. Okay. Okay, so it sounds like in DR, it may be a good idea if you really want to end up in a certain part of the country or show a program that, hey, I really, really, really mm -hmm. want to be here and give them a reason to know your face and know who you are. But otherwise, in contrast to IR, you're not doing a ton of hands-on things. And so yeah. it may be hard to separate yourself or otherwise make yourself really memorable or prove yourself in a DR rotation as exactly. in a way. Exactly, unless you're very involved with a project or you definitely showed a way to show your skills during that month, which is something that's not always easy to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, thank you. Great. My next question is about interview season. Mm -hmm. um, and one, one of the things that, uh, as a fourth year who's eventually going to be applying, the pre-interview dinner is, is something that is very... Um, I guess I, I would say that there's a lot, I don't know how much focus and emphasis to put on it. And that's why we have uh, you here, Dr. Bueno. So I, I wanted to ask you, how, how important is the pre-interview dinner and how much does that factor into who you ultimately rank higher or lower? Is it something that um, you really should really try to attend uh -huh. or does it really not matter that much? Yeah, I would say that at UVA, we actually put a lot of importance um, to our residents' opinions about the applicants. We, you know, ultimately the residents are the ones who are going to be closely working with that person. Uh, we want to make sure that they have a word in our application process and in the selection of our of our applicants. So uh, this program is something that is important. Why? Um the pre-interview dinner not only shows, I know, of course, you know, if there are traveling issues and you were, you know, you weren't able to make it, it's it's understandable. But it also shows what's your interest and um, 
on interacting with the people who you're going to be working with. Those pre-interview dinners are attended only by residents. It's actually intended to give a space to the applicant and the residents to mingle and meet each other and, you know, talk about things that they may not be able to ask during the during the interview with faculty. So it's actually really important. It also gives us kind of like a glimpse of, like, is the applicant socially, you know, um, adequate for our program? Did our residents get a good feeling about them? Uh, were there topics that were uncomfortable? Did, did the person show interest in the program? Uh, how much interest do you have, you know, uh, to come here to this program? So I think it's important. It's an opportunity to stand out. Um, we definitely have had, you know, experiences where we get a completely different vibe during the interview, like the formal interview process, but then we go back and the residents were like, Oh, no, this this person was, you know, did not behave well, made these comments. And and of course, you show they show a different phase when they're in a much more relaxed environment. So be yourself, uh, get get that interview, get that pre-interview dinner as an opportunity to to know the people who you potentially are going to be working with and, 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 and ask those, you know, questions that you may not be able to ask faculty members. So I, I do think that it's important. OK. Okay. It sounds like it's important both for the program to get a sense of who the applicant is, but also for the applicant to get a sense of who's coming to the program, what sort of residence they yeah. have, and, and get to know them. So it seems like it's really a two-way street in terms yeah. of how important this, this dinner can be. Definitely. And, you know, as an applicant, if it gives our listeners some reassurance, I think that the interview process is not only it's not only programs choosing applicants, it's applicants choosing programs. It is as important both ways. I think um, we all want everyone to be happy. We want to have, you know, people who fit in our program, who are going to be able to learn and, 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 and learning and thriving in an educational environment needs that needs that 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 factor of I'm, I like this place so use that time also to see if you fit if it actually the program if the actually the program actually has the the qualities that you're looking for for your educational environment you you're literally going to be living in that place for four or five years so it's important that you also take that opportunity to choose the place where you're going to be. So yeah, uh, uh, it's not only us choosing, it's, it's them choosing, uh, or you guys who are visiting, choosing uh, where you want to be next in the next phase of your life. All right, great. That's great advice. And I, I think this is a, a time for medical students. I know, at least for me, a lot of the process has been like, please choose me, please choose me, please choose me. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're at a point where we have options and some of the power quote unquote is in our hands to make a good decision i think that it it can be a, an interesting transition but it's good to hear that it's a two-way street for both the programs and the students choosing each other exactly. um, and that we should treat it we should treat the process that way and not not just uh, we should actually look for what we're looking for and be a little selective and know what we want in the process and it sounds like the dinner is a, is a good way to start evaluating yeah that. definitely and if you approach that process from a from a position of I, I'm going to be genuine, both you know to myself and to what I want and to the program that I'm I'm interviewing at. Uh, it's it's easier, right? It gives you that that sense of I'm I'm being truthful to what I want for my life, but also to the program. I'm showing them the real face, right? Um, so yeah, that's important. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the pre-interview dinner. I wanted to ask a couple questions just about interview day, mm. specifically if there are any do's or don'ts that you can think of 
that an applicant should keep in mind during the interview day. Yeah. And and I think, you know, uh, talking about how important it is to be genuine, I think that I, I would say be genuine. I mean, if if you really want to give a good impression, what better impression than just being yourself? And of course, we understand that it's stressful and that it's tiring and it's a season that, you know, everyone dreads. It's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of um, stress trying to put up your best face. But um, but but again, it's, it's yeah, what, what to do? Just try to relax, try to be yourself, try to show the person who you are. You've worked really, really hard all these years to come to this point um, where you are able to select and you're able to choose where you're going to be. Um, so if you if you if you want to have a good uh, interview, just show who you are uh, and try to take it from that. Be sincere. There's nothing really more annoying from, you know, our point and from our side on trying to interview someone who's trying to be something that he's not or she's not, uh, trying to show a good face that is not always true. And actually, it's easy to pick up on those things when you're interviewing someone. So you, again, we're choosing people who we're going to be working with every single day of our lives uh, for four or five years. Um, so we want someone who also we feel comfortable with and we know the program and we know our residents. So n there's nothing better than just, you know, interviewing someone who's just comfortable in his own skin and and owns their, their experiences in life and their, you know, flaws and mistakes because we all have them. So it's, it's good to just try to relax and to try to put the real face, not only a good face. Um, what not to do, it just goes along the same lines, you know, don't lie about an issue, don't exaggerate your experiences, because there's always going to be a way to find out that that's not true. Um, don't don't say anything negative about other programs, right? Because the only thing that it shows is that uh, you're, you're not being truthful to other places. Um, and yeah, show your interest, show your interest, show that you have done your research about the program. It's really good to see applicants that have seen our website. We personally, we we in at UEA, we put a lot of effort on trying to have that website updated where applicants can, you know, have the information, they can see our pathways, they can see. So if you ask good questions uh, regarding the program, specifically with the information that you have gathered after researching um, the website and any resources that you may find, uh, it's really good. It shows interest, it shows that you genuinely want Want to come to this place that would be my advice <laughs> our final question or my final question for you dr bueno and again thank you for your time really appreciated it You're and welcome. you've given great insight into the process that i know uh, other applicants will find very valuable my final question for you is what questions should interviewees ask when they're on the trail or otherwise keep in mind as they visit a program and meet with the residents and their interviewees and other people in leadership. What what should interviewees be thinking about or keep them in, keeping in mind? Mm -hmm. um, I think the best questions and and a good time um, a good use of your time as an applicant is again trying to find if that specific program is a good fit for you. Uh, how do you find that? Um, I like when applicants um, ask about specific specific interests that they have and try to see if the program supports that. Uh, we at UEA try to build a program that um, supports a lot of a lot of tracks and a lot of interest and different ways to you know practice your 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 specialty. Uh, so 
take that opportunity to, again, doing that research on the program, does this program support what I want to be at the end? I want to be a researcher in radiology. Do you have a research track? How much research time do the residents get? How Try to get that. Um, I really like global health. Do you guys have a global health track? Or do you have, you know, how do you support interests that I have, such as diversity and inclusion? So all those things that are trying to, that as an applicant, you want to make sure that you go to a place that is going to be supportive of those things. So I would say, and, and most of the time you can find that information from websites and, you know, um, um, places where the program um, posts. Um, get an idea of, and, and this comes from talking to the residents, and that's why it's also important to go to those pre-interview dinners and the launches that most places have and the opportunities of, you know, like close interaction with those residents. Get an idea of what's the workload. Uh, these are things that are not easy to get from a faculty member, uh, but you're going to be getting that information from the residents. Are you guys overworked? Are the hours respected? Um, do you have a life work balance as much as, you know, does the program support that? Are, are they concerned? Is there a way for you to, you know, say, hey, I'm exhausted. I just cannot take this cold. So try to get an idea of what's that workload and how is the program supportive or not of that balance that you want to have during during your, your, your years that you're going to be uh, leaving here. Um, also try to gouge kind of like what's the level of happiness and satisfaction of these residents, right? Um, again, this this comes information that is kind of like just coming from the people who are actually leaving the residency program. Um, questions that to faculty members, uh, is the program supportive of educational initiatives? You know, is this going to be a good learning environment for me or am I just going to be working. Uh, uh, and you can get that from, you know, the way the programs are organized. Um, one thing that I always, you know, kind of like say during the interview process is our program specifically has, our residents have exposure to a wide variety of cases. We work, you know, with community pathology, subspecialized pathology, we have transplant, we have uh, trauma. I would say, see if the program that you're interviewing at has that, um, because there's nothing better in radiology specifically to learn than, than learning from the many, the most cases that you can see, that's where you get your, 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 your um, learning. So, is, is this program big enough or you know diverse enough in pathologies and patients um, so I can have, you know, so I can see and see and see and, and learn that. So, yeah, I guess, you know, if, if you use that opportunity to ask questions that are going to be useful for you to choose instead of like trying to make an interesting question just to be interesting or sound interesting, uh, then no, don't, don't waste that time trying to impress anyone. Just use those questions wisely in order to get the information that you need. And we're going to get it. We we have your CV. We have your personal statement. We have your scores. So it doesn't it doesn't do any good to anyone if you try to, you know, like um, show us how amazing you are. We know that you're amazing. You're here. We invited you. Uh, so use those questions wisely and, and, and try to get that information for you. Wow. Well Thank you, Dr. Bueno. Again, I, I appreciate your time and your answers, and you've been extremely insightful. And I think I think that this is going to help a lot of people out. Uh, so, thanks you again for your time. No, thank you for organizing these and for inviting me. All right, no problem. Okay, bye. That was our conversation with Dr. Juliana Bueno on applying to diagnostic radiology.
Stay tuned for our next episode, which will focus on the application process for those applying to interventional radiology. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.